National Hospital Week is May 9th through the 15th. As a preview, we visit today with OHSU employees who work in mission control and hospital transportation, two essential but lesser seen parts of a well-run hospital. It's Tuesday, May 4th, and this is OHSU Week. I'm Josh Anderson. Jennifer Smith sat down with Mission Control and hospital transportation teams to learn how their work contributes to OHSU's patient care mission. Thank you so much for joining me today to sit down and learn a little bit more of your area of the hospital. Can I ask you to first introduce yourself and tell us a little bit more about what you do? Can we start with Coral? Sure. Um, so my name is Coral Barreto Costa. I'm the operations manager for Mission Control. Um, what that means is that I work with the patient placement and emergency communications center teams. And uh, my name is Stephanie Gillum. I'm the nurse manager for Mission Control. I support the administrator on duty group, our decedent affairs program, and our transfer center nurses. Uh, well, my name is Alex Aguri. I'm a transportation A2. Currently, I'm fulfilling the interim admin coordinator role in the hospital transportation and equipment pool services department. And I'm Marley Bergeron. I'm also a transportation aide too. Thank you so much. And then for those in our audience who may not be familiar with mission control, how do you describe the work of that group? There's, uh, you know, there's several groups within mission control that work collaboratively. I would say the overarching um, priority for mission control is uh, patient capacity and throughput. Uh, so patient placement works very closely with our bed flow manager and our administrator on duty to maintain um, access to the hospital to um, uh, the residents in our city and our region and even throughout the state. Uh, we also, the um, emergency transport coordinators and the transfer center nurses uh, work also to maintain access to not only OHSU, but uh, our partners, uh, Hillsborough Medical Center and um, Portland Adventists. Uh, so that is, uh, you know, the, the biggest um, bucket uh, the, of the work that we do. We also work very closely within mission control with our physician on duty uh, team. Uh, those are physicians that come from all areas of the hospital, uh, from critical care to pediatrics, um, emergency, uh, general medicine. Uh, we work with them 24-7 um, to also maintain access. Um, and then a lot of problem solving um, and uh, collaboration with, uh, with our partner hospitals and also within OHSU uh, working with our perioperative services, our emergency department, um, all of our ancillary and support services to make sure our patients get what they need um, to, um, you know, expedite their care and move them on to the, the next level beyond uh, hospitalization. So even though OHSU has been in long-term state of modified operations since last March, the hospital, as we know, is open 24-7. So can you describe a little bit about how modified operations has or maybe has not impacted your role? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, across the hospital, you know, masks on definitely has mm -hmm. been the biggest change. Um, but other than that, uh, we've maintained our current status. Uh, we are critical care staff. So we're here 24 seven, um, all around every day, every holiday. Um, so yeah, our staffing has been maintained and we're just 
operations really haven't changed besides all the PPE requirements, things like that. We're still uh, transporting everywhere, everyone, every, everyone everywhere they need to go. Yeah, no huge changes uh, for sure when training incoming staff members. The PPE has adds a whole other layer to everything, mm -hmm. um, but I think we've definitely found our groove for sure. And yeah, since we're critical care function, you know, definitely balancing that when someone needed to get tested for COVID, there was that special leave time. Um, I think our department has done a pretty good job balancing it and the occasional staffing rearrangements due to COVID-19. How about from your perspective, Coral or Stephanie? I think it changed a lot for us. A lot of our teams, the rules were changing kind of every week as we learned more about how to manage COVID in a hospital setting. And so, you know, one week it would be like, okay, we do it this way. And the next week it was like, nope, now it's a new rule and a new pathway and a new protocol. So our teams really, really ran with that and everybody tried to stay as flexible as they could. You know, it was, it was hard all around and it remains difficult. I think for myself, I ended up getting pulled into a lot of things um, outside of OHSU that dealt with a lot of the other hospitals in the region and in the state. And I think um, Stephanie probably got pulled into a lot of things within OHSU with other departments to really sort of make it work. So it definitely made a pretty big impact um, on our workflows. Yeah, and I would add um, our all of our staff is critical function as well, uh, but we've been able to create some workflows for some of the teams to work from home. Um, and then moved some of our other staff members into vacated spaces so we could provide safe physical distancing, which uh, created some challenges that we are overcoming and have um, overcome some of the challenges of remote learning and even distance learning. Our goal before COVID was to put everybody in mission control in one big room. Uh, we were in, in the process of creating that and that is super helpful uh, because it creates situational awareness and reduces uh, you know, overlap and redundancy, just creates more efficiency when we're all hearing and seeing the same thing. And so now we're in several different locations, including working from home. We have, uh, our teams have Microsoft Teams meetings running throughout the day on video. Uh, so they can connect and hear the same things. A couple of different things that we've done to to overcome some of the communication challenges um, at a higher level is, uh, you know, we have department meetings every month. We also have uh, between two of the teams, between the emergency transport coordinators and the transfer center nurses, uh, we have implemented uh, quarterly team meetings together. So they have the opportunity to see each other on screen uh, if they choose to do that. Uh, but at minimum, just connect and um, chat. And we always leave room for open discussion um, so people can bring up what's on their mind. And and it doesn't have to be all about work either. We, we try to make um, some of it fun, whether it be an icebreaker or just leaving room for, for open discussion, which has been really helpful. That kind of leads into another question I had for you all, which is how have you and your teams stayed motivated and connected throughout the year, you know, with constantly changing protocols and just the uncertainty of working in a pandemic. I would imagine there's new stressors on each of you. So what have you done to stay connected and stay motivated? It's definitely been tough. Uh, that's It's not been an easy um, thing to sort of stay motivated, stay connected. I think for any of us, right? Like those of us in leadership, those on people on the front line, like you, we've all kind of gone through those waves of emotion and um, tiredness through the pandemic. Um, I've been just floored by how well our teams have 
sort of how resilient they've been and how they've just kind of like risen to the challenge of all of these changes and um, continue to, you know, make it work for our patients. And so, um, yeah, I think more than anything, I'm just really impressed with how well it's gone considering how difficult it's been. Yeah, um, definitely. I think staying supportive of the staff for sure. Um, currently, as the interim, I'm not no longer on the floor, uh, on the front lines, if you will. I do go with people to train and witness, you know, all the PPE and things like that. Um, and just maintaining that training and support for people who have questions. For sure, there's absolutely no bad questions surrounding um, the isolation types we have, which are pretty substantial now, but we're changing a lot in the beginning and making sure people feel safe and comfortable um, with what we have, um, how to find the correct things to use, and knowing how to address maybe if an issue arises. Um, I think it's always a constant feedback, even without a pandemic, of knowing what's the correct way and then being shown what, quote unquote, the correct way is on a floor and being able to at least empower the staff to know like the difference and being able to maybe have an educational point with another staff member and making sure we're all doing our part to keep our patients safe. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we have uh, multiple huddles for our department throughout the day, and I would say that's become more important than ever since policies are always changing, there's always new information coming at us each and every day. And yeah, to be safe on the floor interacting in patient care situations, um, I would say huddle has become kind of more sacred to our department than ever. Yeah, I think we've all been handling it pretty well considered. That's great. So mission control and hospital transportation, I'm, I'm thinking those are some sort of a couple of the lesser seen aspects of of a hospital operations. So, what what are some of the biggest rewards uh, in your areas of work that people might not think of? I would say for me, um, well, I guess and, and all of the groups that we work with, but uh, there's been so much work that has been put into preparing for uh, the next surge. Right, we started last February 28th with. Uh, meeting daily and then twice daily in our incident command structure at the EOC. It was really scary. Um, a lot of work was put in in the last 14 months or so. And a lot of it was done, you know, in the first month or two. And that big surge never came. But, you know, we're now in the uh, middle, hopefully towards the end of our fourth surge. And every time we see a new surge coming, it's scary, but I think I find it tremendously rewarding to acknowledge all of the work that has been done throughout the institution uh, to set us up for success and our patients up for success, uh, that they can trust us and we can trust ourselves that, you know, we've done the work. It doesn't have to be scary. We know what the next step is. We haven't had to implement our surge plan yet. We might have to, but the groundwork has been laid. So I find that uh, really rewarding and, and I'm very thankful that we didn't see the huge surges earlier like we like they saw in Europe and on the East Coast because we really had time to prepare and also learn from other experiences. The teams that work in, in mission control do an incredible amount of work behind the scenes to make sure that patients are getting the care that they need, um, whether it's our bed flow managers, you know, bending over backwards, coming up with creative solutions to make sure that that ICU patient can come and that they're going to get what they need. Our patient placement team, you know, digging through charts to make sure that when they place a patient, they're actually absolutely going to the right place. Um, our transit center nurses and our emergency transport coordinators do a ton of work um, to, you know, triage patients to the appropriate location and make sure that they're going to get the, to the care they need. And 
if that can be at Hillsborough or it could be at Adventist, if it has to be at OHSU, like wh whatever that looks like, making sure that it happens as quickly as possible so that to get that patient to the, what they need. And I think folks in the transfer center and the comm center also activate a bunch of the things that people don't know about, like trauma and STEMI and AAA and all of those sort of big heavy hitter diagnoses. Like they're the team that's activating everybody to, to you know, mobilize and get that patient care they need. Um, so for me, it's just really rewarding to put systems in place that make those things possible um, and to sort of get obstacles out of the way to make sure that that's as streamlined as possible and that everybody's getting what they need. On a personal level, I think one of the big things for the last year was just, as I mentioned, those connections with the community, the OHA, with other hospitals in the region. I think we've actually built a pretty important collaborative um, effort with other hospitals you know, that are in some ways competitors, like Legacy and Providence um, system are in some ways competitors for OHSU, but, you know, at senior leadership levels, there are some pretty collaborative efforts happening to make sure that, you know, if there are scarce resources in the community, how are we handling that so that if a patient needs it at any of those facilities that they can access it? And so I think that's, if nothing else, that's a really positive thing that's come out of um, the pandemic and something that I've been very proud to be a part of. Going off what Coral was saying, um... I find it, I think, super rewarding just being involved with all those processes. Um, for transportation, I think it, it kind of gets oversighted, I would say, in the sense of, you know, we get mixed up with parking and transport quite a bit. <laughs> That's um, off outpatient medical transport to and from their home, all kinds of things. Um, and I think maybe some things that are unseen, like we go through, you know, 15 different buildings a day, a mm -hmm. shift. Uh, we service CHH, Dornbecker, Shriners, the Veterans Hospital, uh, KCI Clinic. And I think, yeah, just being involved in all these processes, I think, um, on an individual basis for our transporters, it's it's exciting, you know, for sure. There are some different um, kinds of things we're exposed to and see in transport. And I think just being part of that that team effort to get patient point A, point B, which usually is involving, you know, five different departments trying mm -hmm. to get a picture for someone. Um, and, yeah, and just knowing that we're doing, you know, the most efficient, best job we can. There's always going to be high volume all around, especially during pandemic, things are picking up again. But again, currently, um, everything's been pretty, pretty smooth and straightforward for us. I know, I would say to touch on the part of your question that asked about something that you might not know about our department. Mm -hmm. I think that like how Alex said, yeah, the the width and depth of our department, the kind of scope of the community that we interact with, definitely is something that I'm, I'm not sure everybody knows about the transport department. Um, I mean, we walk probably at least 15,000 steps a day, if not more, if not significantly more. I also dispatch three days a week, um, so that's interacting and coordinating with so many other departments, um, pre-op, post-op, all of our inpatient units. It's, it's definitely interesting to be kind of the middleman for so many different people. Um, it's definitely uh, a lot of multitasking and making sure that point A to point B, the trip goes as smoothly as possible. And we do definitely focus on efficiency and patient care. That's always at the top of our list. What are you looking forward to as hopefully we see an end to this pandemic or at least an end to many of the restrictions we've had in our daily lives coming soon? Uh, what are you most looking forward to? How, how about you, Coral? On a professional level, I'm really looking forward to just having our teams back in kind of all in one place and uh, being able to see each other and have those conversations that you can't really have over a WebEx about, you know, how was your weekend? And 
that kind of a thing. Um, and then on a personal level, I just really want to travel. I miss travel so much and getting on an airplane and being excited about your destination. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Stephanie? I'm looking forward to socializing with our teams outside of work. Um, prior to COVID, uh, one of the groups had um, pretty frequent bowling tournaments, and sometimes we would invite um, other uh, departments to join us uh, and followed by a nice dinner, which was really nice to get away from the stress of the work and be able to uh, socialize and connect in that kind of environment. That does sound fun. Alex and Marley, what about you? <laughs> Yeah, I miss socializing outside of work too. <laughs> yeah, we're a pretty tight knit department and absolutely as I believe the majority of us, the significant majority of us are fully vaccinated. It has been nice to start to at least discuss, um, yeah, spending time outside of work together. That camaraderie I think is something that we'll all never forget from 2020 and 2021, you know, that can stay with us for sure. Um, I know people talk about the masks. Is that going to be with us forever? I mean, honestly, I think it's done so much for us on so many different levels, uh, perhaps inpatient units, you know, since we are bouncing around um, that kind of PPE, that level of PPE, it might stay with us. It certainly has been beneficial. And, you know, that's something that we keep on our radar. But at least things in general are starting to feel pretty comfortable around here. We're, we're making progress. Definitely looking forward to just more peace of mind um, yeah. for staff alone and just being able to iterate that to everyone. Like, hey, it is getting better. Everything's good. Um, and getting back to that level of, we'll be okay. <laughs> yeah. I totally agree. So finally, this is a podcast. So I wanted to have a fun exercise. If you can think of something in the spirit of, our listeners who are hearing us talk here, what is a sound that is associated with your role that comes to mind when you think about your job? Of course, I can start. Mine is definitely ringing phones and clacking keyboards. I had a feeling that would be part of your answer. Stephanie, what about you? You know, I um, sometimes have an internal dialogue and a song uh, to kind of keep me motivated and, um, one of my motivating songs in the last few years actually has been an Eminem song. <laughs> it's called Lose Yourself. <laughs> and it's really about facing your fears and being brave and get, putting your best self forward. And if you fail, you get up and you do it again. Um, and I, I know our teams do that every day, not all day, because that's exhausting. Uh, but I kind of fall to that sometimes. Stephanie, that is the most unexpected answer. <laughs> <laughs> You can say an Eminem song. Now you know what's going on in my mind. Nice. It's amazing. One of our common transport methods is actually to take patients by their bed. Mm -hmm. um, a common question I'm usually asked if I'm training someone, it tends to squeak a lot. Um, but <laughs> I, I found that to be a positive thing because then people know, hey, there's something coming around that corner. It's kind of <laughs> like a, a forewarning for things to come, especially on units. You know, stuff's always in the hall. People are on rounds. Um, they're all standing there. So. I want to I want to speak to everyone. If you hear that squeaking wheel, like please be ready to move. Um, it's definitely something <laughs> that is kind of uh, forewarning our approach. Yep, we're coming around the corner. <laughs> Good to know. You know, I hope I get to be back in the hospital and hear you coming around the corner. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you again, all four of you, for sitting down today um, and telling us about your role and. I really appreciate your participating and I hope you have a fabulous rest of your day. 
Definitely. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much. Thank you. OHSU Week is a production of Strategic Communications. This episode was produced by Jennifer Smith and edited by me. I'm Josh Anderson. Thank you for listening.